Hey everybody, it's Brad here. Before we get started with the show today, I wanted to take a minute and let you guys know about our coaching program we run here at Macros Inc. We believe that every person on the planet deserves to live their healthiest and best life. A qualified nutrition coach and personal trainer can be the key to living that life. At Macros Inc., we provide fully customized one-on-one nutrition coaching and online personal training that has changed the lives of 10,000 people and counting. We offer a two-week free trial for our nutrition coaching, and you can get started risk-free today. Just go to macrosinc.net slash services and sign up. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. This is episode number 50. I am Dr. Brad Dieter. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about sodium. We're going to be talking about how character, process, results is the framework you probably want in business. We're going to talk about whether the universe comes to you or you make your own universe. And then we're going to talk about what will people say at your funeral. Let's get into the show. Our nutrition insight for today is going to be all about sodium. So sodium is one of our micronutrients. Uh, It is generally most often consumed in the form of sodium chloride, or what we consider salt. And there's really just a lot of misunderstanding, just not great um, awareness or education around sodium intake. And I want to talk a little bit about the reasons for that. So if we think about really kind of the the dawn of modern medicine and science journalism, medical science journalism, really came about late 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And if you look at where most of the money was spent in research in that time, a large chunk of it was in cardiovascular disease, right? Because cardiovascular disease is still the number one leading cause of death um, in the developed world. And most of the focus was on how do we prevent cardiovascular disease? So much of the discussion around nutrition was originally, how do we prevent heart disease? And sodium and its relation to heart disease are like, just the history of those are so linked. So here's a little bit about what we know about sodium and heart disease, and then how that translates into your normal life. Generally speaking, in the body, where sodium goes, water follows, right? So if you have more sodium in your body, you're going to hold more water. That, along with a few other things, drives increased blood pressure. Increased blood pressure increases your risk of heart disease. That's kind of the very simple way of putting it. And so if you look at the studies of people who have heart disease or established hypertension, so they're already hypertensive, higher sodium intakes definitely increase your risk of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular events, right? So if you have cardiovascular disease, and you have high sodium intake, you're going to have an event. You're more likely to have an event. If you have hypertension and you have high sodium intake, you're more likely to develop cardiovascular disease. So this was kind of the initial relationship established. Now, if you factor that with the kind of idea or concept that most people consume too much sodium per day, I think the average American consumes about 3,400 milligrams of sodium a day. And a large chunk of the adult population carries multiple risk factors for cardiovascular disease, right? Obesity, elevated blood glucose, high blood pressure, elevated blood lipids. That group of people, sodium restriction reduces your overall risk of developing cardiovascular disease, right? That's, that's pretty straightforward. 
Now, on the other side of the equation, sodium is incredibly important for our body, right? Maintaining proper blood pressure, maintaining electrolyte balance in the body, maintaining sodium-potassium balances, all sorts of stuff. So sodium is very important in the body. So if you don't have all those established risk factors, low sodium intake can actually increase your risk for um, other cardiovascular events. So for example, here was a meta-analysis that was published in uh, the BMC Cardiovascular Disorders Journal in 2018. Basically, what they found is that um, while high sodium intake was associated with uh, stroke mortality amongst people with uh, established cardiovascular disease, very low sodium intake also had an increased risk. Because there's kind of this U-shaped curve where very low sodium intake increases your risk and very high sodium intake increases your risk. That's amongst people with established risk factors. So when we look at people who are healthy, otherwise healthy, they have a normal BMI, they don't have hypertension, um, their intake of sodium needs to be much less worrisome, regulated, controlled, et cetera, than people who have these established risk factors. If you're an athlete, sodium intake becomes much more important, right? You sweat out a lot of sodium. Um, you, If you're drinking a lot of water as an athlete, you'll probably process more sodium out of your body. So you need to be more cognizant of your sodium intake. So what are the guidelines? Uh, the guidelines are somewhere around 2,300 milligrams per day or less, which is about a teaspoon of salt. That's the recommendations for adults. Now, if you're an athlete, you're going to need way more than that. If you're somebody with established cardiovascular disease, established cardiovascular disease or established hypertension, keeping it closer to like 1,500 milligrams um, is a little bit more beneficial for risk reduction, right? That's if you have a lot of risk factors. So kind of the long and short of it is if you have hypertension or established cardiovascular disease, or maybe you have a bunch of other risk factors, maybe you have obesity, maybe you have diabetes, um, maybe you have you know a family history of cardiovascular disease, and you don't quite have hypertension yet, it may be smart to monitor the sodium in that perspective. If you're an otherwise healthy adult with no other substantial risk factors, and maybe one risk factor, maybe you have high cholesterol, something like that, but everything else is good, you probably don't need to worry too much about your sodium intake. If you're an athlete or you live somewhere that's very hot and you exercise a lot or you find you have low blood pressure or things like that, you probably need to make sure you're getting enough sodium in the day, right? Not that you don't need to watch it, but you actually maybe maybe need to watch it on the other side to make sure you actually get enough sodium. So that's the nutrition insight for today. It's a little bit of a dive on sodium. We can cover more in detail if anybody has any questions, but that's it. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back to our business insight. All right, business insights for the day. So I'm reading this book series. Um, it's The book series is called What Drives Winning. Um, I have What Drives Winning Teams, What Drives Winning. I just finished What's Really Important. And then there's one more I think it's called What Drives Winning Environments. So I'm reading this book series. It's by a guy who's primarily a, a sports psychologist slash high-performance psychologist named Brett Ledbetter. And he's got some really interesting ideas in there. And it's really cool to kind of see the parallels between sports world and business world because um, my 
initial life was in the sports side of things. And so there's this concept that he talks about in one of his books. Um, and he kind of breaks down winning slash results slash success in a reverse order where if you want results, you need to focus on the process. If you want to focus on the process, you have to focus on the character. And, you know, now that we at MacroZinc, we have an organization of almost 80 people um, and we're growing, we'll probably be somewhere around 100 by the end of the year, is if you kind of break down the day-to-day operations, whether it's in sports, whether it's in a family, whether it's in a business, is the character of the people that are around you, that are part of your organization, that are engaged in the process, that drive the results, that character really forms the basis of everything that you do, right? To how your process is followed and done, to the culture that you're building, um, to the level of accountability that people have, to the attitude that people have in your organization, to the day-to-day conversations people have, to the ownership that gets taken. And so, you know, this was a kind of a really eye-opening piece for me, right? I've I'm a very goal-oriented, results-oriented person, but I use those as more as as metrics of is my process working. I would say almost every day when I wake up, I focus on the process of what's at hand, right? Like what meetings are today? What projects am I currently engaged in, right? I'm not like, hey, have I hit my monthly sales metrics today? It's like, well, you know, that's a result of the process, and I'm pretty cognizant about that. But... I have not really focused on or been as keyed in on this idea of character drives process. And so as I think about that and what can I do within my role at Macros Inc. and the people that I lead and the people that um, I work for, right? I'm, I'm very much a pers- have a perspective of I work for my employees, right? Like my goal and my role is to make sure that I serve them. And so when I think about that is, what can we do as an organization to help drive, shape, build, promote, praise, reward, um, incentivize, all of those things, the character amongst our staff, right, is are these people of high moral character? Do they have resilience? Do they take ownership? Um do they have their values in place, right? One of the things that we we try to do at Macros Inc., I don't know how good of a job we actually do because we don't all work in the same office, is like we really try to let people have a life, right? We demand a lot out of them when they work, right? We demand excellence out of our employees. We ask that they give the best effort of their career with us. Um, and we hope that this is one of the highlight experiences of their career, but they have a lot of autonomy. They have a lot of flexibility. And we hope that we promote that. Um, but we haven't really had a lot of internal discussions on character. And I think maybe it's because it's a little bit uncomfortable to talk to people about that, right? Is if you're like, hey, for us, character is important. You kind of are like pointing a finger at people and being like, hey, I'm watching your character. Um, and you've got to figure out a way to do that tactfully. But I, I love this idea of character drives process, which drives results. So hopefully over the next six to 12 months within the company, we can find ways to help promote character building, to help just 
focus in a little more on that. I think we've been really focused on like professional development. Like we just launched a leadership course for our coaches that they can apply for and take like a university level course. We do a lot of internal development each month. Um, We do a lot of those things. And now how can we also pair with it? Like if you stay at Macros Inc. for 20 years of your career or you stay here for nine months and you move on to something else, do you leave our organization a much better person than you entered it. Um, so that's kind of a business insight that I would like to see myself and our organization focus more on is character drives process, drives results. How do we build people of super high character? All right, what am I learning today? Uh, so this is something I've been chewing on a little bit the last couple of days is this idea of does the universe come to you or do you make your own universe? And what I kind of mean by that is are you one of those people who you kind of set goals in life? This goes back a little bit to the earlier discussion. You build your life and your processes around it and you become the person who wants to achieve those things or do you sort of passively just kind of let things come to you? And I don't know whether there's a right answer, right? I always draw the analogy to sports because that's what I understand the best. Like when I'm playing a basketball game, do I just let the game come to me or do I force the action to make things happen? And I think there's a time and a place for both, right? If you look at the all-time greats, whether it's business, sports, life, et cetera, is they, they know when to let things come to them And they know when it's time to like, hey, I'm going to put the world on my back and I'm going to just push forward and I'm going to take what I need to take for me to get to where I need to get to. So that's just something that I'm I'm learning today is how can I kind of step back, take a look and see, okay, where do I need to make my own universe and where do I need to let the universe come to me? So that's the what am I learning today? All right, last segment of the show, the daily win and the daily learning lesson. So the daily win is it's Friday and I have date night with my wife tonight for the first time, I think, in like two, three weeks. Uh, I know that's super bad and we should be more on top of that, but it's just been super crazy. She's in school. uh, She's been working. I've had to go in and out of town for some stuff and it's just been super crazy, but we are able to get date night in tonight before she has a full weekend of school and her... Uh, NP program immersion. So it's going to be kind of nice to just maybe take a couple hours, kind of unwind and get to reconnect after a super crazy week. So that's a daily win. And then the daily learning lesson is this is really something that has been on my mind previously in my life, but uh, something that just is always a good thing to remember. Uh, this initially came from a book called The Road to Character, which the idea of the book was awesome. I mean, after the first like 20 pages, it was kind of repetitive, but it also came up in this book series that I'm reading this week is this idea between like, and I can't remember the exact words they use in the road to character, but um, there's two types of things that people will say about you at your funeral. There's who you were as a person and what you accomplished. And are you living your life 
to maximize what people will say at your funeral, right? If you think about like when you go to your funeral, nobody's going to say, oh, hey, that guy won six Oscars, right? Oh my gosh, that guy made $20 million. Oh, that guy did, you know, he won seven NBA championships. Oh, that guy lost 60 pounds. Oh, that guy won a local physique show. Oh, that guy, um, you know, built a global brand. Those are all things in your life that are meaningful. But what really matters is the character you develop to accomplish those things. And so my dog's growling in the middle of the show. Um, so if you, if you get to the end of your life and you're, at your, and you're able to watch your funeral, what will people say about you, right? Will they talk about your generosity, your kindness, the people you helped, um, the time you spent with your family? Or will they talk about all the other things because they never got to know you as a person? So that's it. That's episode number 60. We're not even halfway through the year, and we're way more than halfway to the goal of pumping out 100 podcasts this year, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, So process, results. Behind the process is the character. That's the theme of the show today. I will see you guys Monday. I'm Dr. Brad. I'm out of here.